0: Just for this one time, just for this one time, because I think we're discussing Money Shot, the Pornhub story. So I'm not sure if you guys remember, but to get your porn name or stripper name, I'm not sure which, it's the name of your first pet and the street Mm -hmm. you grew up on. So for me, well, I had a lot of streets to choose from, so I chose the most appropriate and I am Brandy Moon.
1: Welcome. I've also heard it's your middle name middle name in the street you grew up on so I saw three different ways so
0: middle name in the street you grew up on middle name in the dog or the dog in
1: the street which is what I've heard more commonly so okay all right all right Mm -hmm. so I would be I'm gonna skip over the stupid name that's not really a word street I grew up on Mm -hmm. but I think I'd be Bo Raintree in that case so Bo Raintree Mm mm-hmm
0: well, that sounds like someone who would be in a Hallmark movie, the man in a Hallmark movie with a flannel and an axe.
1: Look, maybe I'll be a gender neutral person. Absolutely. In porn. Yeah. So. In
0: porn, not in a Hallmark movie. They don't have those in
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right. It has to be very defined in a Hallmark movie. So, yeah. So this is on Netflix, just came
0: out mm-hmm. March 15th of 2023. It's one hour and 34 minutes long. It's directed by Suzanne Hillinger.
1: So at the beginning of this, it's kind of starts off sort of fun. So it's got some porn performers, um, some people you might have heard of, Aza Akira. And she is kind of an ambassador for Pornhub, as you find out throughout this documentary. But they were asking her, like, what was the first porn that you saw? So there were several people that kind of spoke on this. But, you know, it's stuff like it was late night Cinemax. It was, you know, the softcore stuff, you Mm -hmm. know. Aza talks about seeing something that came on uh, special in the late night. And it was kind of a mother goose situation. And I was like, that's hilarious. They're like acting out some of your childhood fairy tale type stuff. And I was like, oh, the production quality had to have been real nice. I laughed so hard. Do you think they did Goldilocks and they brought in furries for the three bears? I mean, I like to think so. (laughs) If somebody didn't take advantage of this is just right. Oh, right. I didn't even know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen,
0: production quality. One of my favorites was Noelle Perdue, who we find out worked at MindGeek Pornhub a couple years she Mm -hmm. talks about the first porn she saw was an eight person geriatric gangbang and all I thought of was well I guess you can get a job after retirement after all look at that it's wide open
1: yeah and I hope they were all paid very well that's what I think of that you know Mm -hmm. to each their own consensually yeah I'm not here to king shame you do what you gotta do that's right Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think it's interesting because Noelle is featured quite heavily throughout this. And this documentary took a different path than what I thought it was going to take. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we would definitely talk about, you know, some of the allegations that, you know, maybe we've heard of in mainstream media and whatever. But this was quite a bit more involved. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. I feel like I learned something and I always enjoy that. So I thought this was really cool. So you mentioned Mind Geek. And well, it specifically mentions that they are the parent company, right? They are the owners of Pornhub. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: it was a little nugget. I didn't know. I
0: didn't either. But then again, I've never,
1: I'd never heard of MindGeek. So. Right, right. So they have, uh, Pornhub itself, really, I think where they kind of made their biggest mark was, I mean, in in several ways, but they had an incredible marketing, Right. Mm -hmm. It's a household name, according to some people, um, kind of as we go. You know, not only is it a new platform, you can upload videos. um, There's a time you can download things. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Because as we find out, porn really tends to drive innovation. Because people want to see things they haven't seen before. People want that to be easy. I don't know.
0: Well, that was interesting because they were talking about how... MindGeek wasn't necessarily about porn. It was just a platform, right? They gave people a platform Mm -hmm. to put the porn out there and they did in in droves. So that is really impressive that they weren't the ones bringing the content to the table, as it were. They just enjoyed the fruits of their labor, literally. But it's hilarious because Noelle talks about, you know, when when the internet first came out, the only porn you could get was like ASCII porn, where someone had taken hours of their life to draw naked boobs with like punctuations and letters. And I thought, (laughs) oh, what a labor of love. (laughs) Right.
1: And it took forever to download. (laughs) Right. Because she mentions the bandwidth was just shitty back in the day. Mm Mm-hmm it made my heart very happy because a couple times you heard the dial-up sound and yep. I was like, Ooh, childhood. <laughs> right.
0: AOL. Right. I remember that, you know, but then it, it, once the bandwidth gets better, people start uploading pics from magazines or just whatever they snapped or whatever. And then videos that they start sharing, but Pornhub comes in and now they're taking market away from the industry. So much like LimeWire did with music and that. So now people who were in that profession, they're taking work away from them or not really taking work away as much as taking money away from them because now the work that they did is being handed out for free.
1: Right. There are a lot of issues with piracy over time because none of this is necessarily, like you don't have to own this content to upload it. They're not really... Mm -hmm ensuring that in a way so while some people can be verified and upload and kind of doing things the right way it seems like if you want to make money on stuff you have to do it in a way that suggests that you have you know some kind of legal ownership over this but if you just want to put it out there you're just uploading it and then that's that's it there's no checks no balances no nothing so I think that's sort of where they start to get in trouble. You know, as we kind of talk to the different performers through this, I know Wolf Hudson, which is a great name, by the way. A great porn name. Yep. He says in 2008, he was really distrustful because of all the piracy stuff. And they're basically taking money out of his pocket, right? So he's not benefiting Mm -hmm. from all the uploads, even though, like, maybe his name gets out there. Maybe his work gets out there or whatever. But he's not benefiting from it. It's just the platform.
0: Siri Dahl said the same thing. Yeah, there was not a way to monetize your work as a sex worker on the platform at the time. It was just pirated onto the platform. Mm -hmm. So a journalist, Martin Patrickin, he says that Pornhub was started by three college students. And that's pretty impressive when you think about it. They're like, hey, we want to see boobs.
1: So we're going to set this up so people show us boobs. I don't know. (laughs) It sounds right. Right. The youths, maybe they don't have a real job. And so they're like very dedicated to this. And I love that for them, I guess. I don't know. Good for them. They sold it in
0: 2010 to someone, I think Fabian Tillman. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And this cat knew a lot about like search engine optimization. And he's the one that really pushed that forward. So anytime you went to a Google search and said, hey, I want to see boobs. There you go. Pornhub was the first
1: several to pop up probably. Right. I just wrote down Fabian because I was like, "Oh, it's a great fucking name." <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me very happy. It is,
0: and I was very disappointed when I saw what he looked like because he did not have flowing locks like on the cover of a romance novel, which is what I assume he should have with that name.
1: Yeah, I I find it very interesting that somebody behind the computer doesn't match up to what uh, <laughs> you think that they might. I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked, I say. I know. Don't don't hate me. It people. I'm just saying sometimes you should go outside and yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) so there's Bree Mills has a little bit of discussion here she's actually a director and I thought that was a cool viewpoint to have in this so she's saying that really Pornhub and that was a it was kind of a driver to change production from kind of the studio-based production and that was kind of a High quality, maybe, sort of situation. So it was less quantity, more quality. But with Pornhub, and it's just like inundated, right? So now it's kind of shifting back to quantity <laughs> or quality. And I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting because at one point, performers really were at the mercy of studios to create good content, right? Or content that people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And I think as kind of phones and technology has come up, you are more able now if you're a performer to make your own content and you are able to kind of control your how you get paid and and how much you get paid and and those kinds of things if you're a marketer and as a person who's trying to understand how to do good marketing <laughs> and kind of create decent ass content I'm like I'm very impressed with a lot of the people <laughs> that are doing this and right. you know have all the good grooming and body hair that's not even there anymore. I mean, like, that is just a lot to have to maintain. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one
0: thing at a time. Either I'm marketing or I'm shaving. (laughs) Not both. Come on now. (laughs) Right on. So, yeah, Brie talks about that, you know, by about 2011, studios realized it's better to partner with Pornhub since the studios were losing money. Pornhub wasn't. But the Mm -hmm. studios needed a way to kind of work with the new technology. I'm assuming it's similar to when porn came out of the theaters and onto VHS. I don't know, something like that. Tillman was arrested for tax evasion. So all of his assets were bought by three MindGeek employees that did not write their names down. I know, I think later it's the same ones that went to a hearing in parliament. I didn't really care. Yep. But they were the ones who really pushed Pornhub to become more mainstream, which is interesting because you think porn was pretty much... Okay, so porn has, in recent years, had an interesting progression if you think about it because in the, like, 70s, it was very mainstream. Like, it was a date night at a theater, which
1: is amazing to me. I can't even fucking imagine. So talk a little bit more about that. Give me some references that people might have heard of. Debbie Dallas,
0: Deep Throat... Those were the common ones I think people would go to and see as a date, right? Mm-hmm. Through the green door is another one. Yeah. So then it, when it went to VHS, people could enjoy porn and the sanctity of their own home. And it became much more private again. And now they're pushing it back into the light. So... On one hand, my opinion is this is a good thing because porn has been around for fucking ever. We talked about dick drawings on Pompeii walls, right? So (laughs) they're everywhere. Porn has always been there. But on the other hand, how do you push it in a way that is healthy, right? Because people are like, oh, kids can't see porn. But we have to be able to discuss it with them that this is natural and kind of open that conversation.
1: Right. I mean, I think it's okay to say as Americans, we are really weird about sex stuff. Like it's everywhere, but we never talk about it. I wanted to mention that, you know, even consider that porn is pretty, I'm going to say important because we did the um, swear words documentary. They said a lot of people get their sex education from porn because we refuse to teach it in a reasonable way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So People got to learn about this stuff from somewhere. Now, if we could throw in that consent piece and the protection piece, I think I'd be all right. I think I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Right. Yeah, I, I think it serves a purpose, right? It's mm-hmm. okay for adults to have that available to them. I think, you know, really the gray area is the non-adults <laughs> that
0: might partake. Right. And so that's something that Noel talks about, I think, a little bit later, that porn, by definition, is it has to be consensual. If it's not, it's rape. Mm-hmm. It has to be consensual right. adults, or it's it's rape because it's assuming that someone under a legal age, or a certain age, isn't able to consent properly, right? So there is a there is a line, right? And these people in the mm-hmm. sex work industry, in the porn industry, should be able to choose to do that. And the ones that we talk to, that is their act of choice to do it, to make money off of it, and to enjoy their work and be living a lifestyle they want to live, right? Abso-fucking-lutely. Yep. I will say that as far as education, one of the things I tell my boys, because I have two boys, is please do not think that this is reality. I think porn has come a long way, but it used to definitely be targeted for men. If you think of the really hot women that slept with Ron fucking Jeremy, ugh, come on now. (laughs) He's like a hedgehog, right? I'm sorry, I just... (laughs) (laughs) so So gross. So it was catered to men to think that they could get any woman they wanted. Right. But they have come a long way to cater more towards women too, which is good because women enjoy porn just as much as men, regardless of what people think. But also you need to talk to your partner, regardless of who they are and make sure that you know what they like and don't like. And you're performing in that manner. Right. Just because Someone in the porn likes you to jizz on their face. Does not mean that women want you to jizz on their face. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> End of. So many sorry. thoughts on that. Oh my uh, god,
1: that's a whole different podcast, era. I don't know.
0: It is, yeah.
1: And I'd like to be referred to as Brandy throughout this episode. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. Thank you, my bad, Brandy. <laughs> so, I think one interesting thing that Pornhub did was they like, listed out their annual stats. It was almost like a a year-end situation, right? So mm-hmm. everybody wants to know what were the top search terms in my state, what were, you know, kind of different, different things by sites and states and, and all kinds of stuff like that, and it was kind of presented in a fun way, right? So I think people mm-hmm. might have looked forward to finding out. I think it's definitely, like, one of those water cooler talk situations, like, if you wanted to be the it person at the party, you might need to know like what the top five search terms were, whatever. So um, I think that that was something interesting that they did. Right. And it kind of got a lot of good publicity in that way.
0: Yeah. It's always interesting to see the top searches per country, especially the, um, the countries like, well, I'll say the United States It's it's like, Oh, sex is is horrible, except for behind closed doors. Then you see what they're searching for and you're like, you dirty fuckers. Or, you know, Arabic <laughs> countries that are like, no, porn doesn't exist here. And you're like, but this is what you were looking at, freaks.
1: <laughs> These statistics say otherwise. Yeah. 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 But not only is it bringing good publicity to Pornhub and internet porn, it's also bringing some bad publicity too, right? Because there will always be people who don't want to see it, you know, we're endangering the children, yada, yada. The children. The children. I right now the children and noelle points out you know crackdowns that limit these things you know the the point is they always go after the company like the company's making money off this but really what happens is it limits the performer's ability to make a living mm-hmm. which is you know less great
0: well but i think they lump them all together a lot of times and think well if they weren't making this content it wouldn't be out there and you wouldn't be ruining the morality of our society which is bullshit, because you fuckers are watching it too. You know you are. Stop it. Look, it's always the loudest people,
1: okay? Oh, they're so The loudest tiny... people
0: are the real closeted freaks. Yes, tiny women who are loudly complaining and then go home and do horrible <laughs> things. That aren't horrible, but they're saying they're horrible.
1: Yeah. Right, right. So we met someone named Gwen Adora. She is a performer. She discusses kind of being outside the typical, what people typically think about a porn star, quotey fingers, right? So she's a big, beautiful woman. And, you know, she's not mainstream. So people keep trying to lump her into mainstream, but she's not mainstream. So she is somebody who's kind of like doing her own thing. She Mm -hmm. may not be performing with. Other actors, but she creates her own content. And my favorite thing about her number one, she's got some bitchin' dresses that she's wearing on camera, but she is creating this, she's marketing this, she's editing this, she's doing all of the things. And I'm like, she's brilliant, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, she's amazing. She's Mm -hmm. doing so much work on her own.
0: Because she does all that work on her own, she has complete control over what she does, which I can appreciate. You know, she talks about staying away from Pornhub because of the piracy. So she was just doing this on her own site or whatever she was doing. But she goes to the AVN Expo, the Adult Entertainment Expo in Vegas, which I would love to attend sometime just as a bystander. Um, (laughs) Hells yes. Right? Mm, I would love to. (laughs) She met up with some Model Hub people, which was... Relatively new. They say they launched it in 2018 as part of Pornhub, where the performers could start making money on their site, right? They could have like a specific account for themselves and put the videos up themselves and make money on Pornhub, which really opens the doors because the traffic coming to Pornhub, which is, you know, linked together with Model Hub, brings people to them that they wouldn't have reached before. And they don't have to do that marketing anymore. Her she probably freed up so much time
1: just by partnering with them. Right. And I think it's good, again, for the company because they're getting what people want to see. Right. So it's it's mm-hmm. a good match in that way. So, you know, it brings this is of Els talking about. It brings power to the content creators. And I liked that. I like to think that if you're going to put yourself out there in that way, that you have a lot of control over how it's going out. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's a symbiotic relationship. They're both able yeah. to make money off of it. And
0: I think Wolf had said that before he went to model hub, he was making about four grand a month doing like studio shoots. Once he moved over to model hub, he was making over 10 grand a month, which is well done, sir. Well done. But I'm like, do the women make that much? Because most men are going to look for women. And so, again, as the man making more money than the woman doing the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see the numbers. He probably earns. I thought maybe you were
1: asking for a friend. So. (laughs)
0: Hey, someone's got to have a kink for old fat women. I don't know. Clearly.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I also think it's interesting, Noel talks at this point about uploading to these sites is a lot like uploading anywhere else, right? So you are choosing the video, you're saying whether or not you are the performer in the video, Mm -hmm. you're choosing tags so people can find this shit. You know, you're giving it titles and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, more tags, more availability for people to find it right so you Mm -hmm. try to label it broadly was kind of the gist that I took away from that but um, again as the content creator that's sort of what you are doing and again if you're making money on this you're required to provide ID and stuff like that
0: yeah because prior to 2020 at some point in time I think December of 2020 if you were to upload a video anyone who uploaded a video to make money had to be verified, mm-hmm. right? But right. here's the kicker. Only if you wanted to make money from the video did you have to be verified. Anyone could upload a video for freeze and put it on there. So the problem is if you have anyone who can upload anything, you will have anyone uploaded anything.
1: And they do mention at some point that there are tags that are harder to... Sell for the credit card companies, and that made me wonder what the statement's reading. The <laughs> Here's your pending right. statement, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, god, I hope so. <laughs> we got a lot of really uptight people around here. I hope that they're looking at that like, broaden yourself, literally. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at Urban Dictionary, you guys. It's don't do that. Um, anyway. So, yeah, and then I also thought it was really interesting because they talk about the tag teen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, because it's cringy to think about, like, because teen maybe implies underage. And maybe there's an element of that. But really what they're talking about is a body type. Mm -hmm. So that is somebody who's very petite, unlike me.
0: (laughs) I don't think the word petite has ever been used to define. Fine, what
1: I look like. No, even as a kid. No. Right. But it was good to understand a little bit more about what that tag meant. So they're like, look, it's really hard to find the right balance of we're not policing grown mm-hmm. folks and they are able to look at stuff that they want to look at while trying not to be uber creeps about everything, because I think there is an awareness that's, there are people who are going to take advantage of stuff. So I think this teen tag is a really good example of what they're trying to say here. So, you know, if you are, what you're getting paid is maybe based off these tags, there has to be something,
0: but they're right. trying not to make
1: it too horrible.
0: Right. But here's what we get into a little bit of problem, right? So you have people uploading videos that aren't theirs. If you don't have to be verified to upload, Anyone can upload and it's not traceable. So people can upload mm-hmm. things that are illegal and you can't trace who did it. The performers have asked for stricter verification for uploads to disallow downloads of that for years because it only benefits them to have quality content on the site. And also, right. you know, it benefits performers. It does not benefit Pornhub. More videos means more money for Pornhub, period. So they don't necessarily want to limit who uploads, but... Then you run into people like Danny Pinter, who is no. the senior legal counselor for NACOSI, which is the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Sounds legit. Sure does. I think we'll find out later. It's not so legit after all. Right. You know, she says that their aim is to expose, you know, uh, sexual exploitation, trafficking, child pornography, and that online, which sounds like a very noble cause. And what's interesting is she actually made the statement. She said this. This came out of her face. Although I'm paraphrasing a little. Regardless of background, religion, political beliefs, everyone should agree that no one should be exploited sexually. And I'm like, are you American? Do you know who our president was before Biden? <laughs> I mean, Mr. Exploitation himself? hmm uh, Whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about these guys. So there's a lady named. Layla, is that what you've got her as? hmm
0: Layla McElwight.
1: Yeah. So according to Danny, she's a very gifted spokesperson, and that right there should have been my first red flag because I would say she's gifted at knowing how social media works and using the word trafficking, which is always a hot-button topic, right? Mm-hmm. So they are, um, there's a hashtag called trafficking hub. So they're trying to say that Pornhub is the devil and they are doing basically nothing but trafficking. And so they're putting a lot of emphasis on the site being shut down. It's not not like moderation. It's not really like reform. It's nothing like that. It's just like, it's the devil. It got to go. And that's sort of the campaign here for this. And because Layla was extremely talented and I would say that you know she did reach a lot more people than some of these things had reached in the past the, the message really got out there and there were a lot of people signing petitions and shit like that so sounds great right and they do have some point there is some legitimacy to what they're saying but I think the whole shutting down of the whole to do should be the clue <laughs> that there's a problem here
0: right because I <sighs> What do they think will happen if they shut down Pornhub? That pornography goes away? That women Mm -hmm. or children? Yeah, everybody goes back to church. No one will be trafficked ever. Right. I don't think people understand that the point of trafficking isn't to make money on Pornhub because these people who upload these videos aren't making money on Pornhub. They're just putting them up there for the sake of putting them up there. Yeah. So. That's not the point of trafficking. The point of trafficking is to make money off of people and like it's slavery. It's just a different kind of slavery. Yeah. So I'm not saying Pornhub is completely innocent, but also what the fuck do they think is going to happen? I just don't understand the thought process.
1: But a lot, like a lot of the things we've talked about, this is not necessarily well thought out. This is to get a reaction out of you. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it is because I think, I think there are going to be very few people that come out pro trafficking,
0: right? I mean, ex
1: president aside, absolutely, <laughs> right. But nobody's going to say I'm a fan of trafficking. I think everybody's going to be like, "Well, this is seems legit, seems worthwhile," but they're not really talking about a lot of that downstream stuff. Yeah, agree. They're just they're just hitting those hot topics so people respond.
0: Mm-hmm. Asa Akira, who we spoke about before had mentioned that, you know, these these things come and go. These movements always come around. Mm-hmm. They see it all the time. And they assumed that this one would also just blow over. But this one didn't because it got a lot of traction and it didn't seem to be going anywhere. And I'm sure social media had a huge effect on that, right? Prior to social media, people had to do a lot more fucking work to get the word out. And now it just
1: spreads like wildfire. So let's talk a little bit about Nicholas Kristoff. Mm-hmm. So he's a journalist for the New York Times. Um, He's starting to hear a lot about this campaign. So he's initially like, "Um, I'm doubtful about these claims being legit, but um, I'm going to do some research. And he does. And I like the fact that a journalist is getting involved because that kind of implies that there's some heavy duty looking into things in a way that I can get behind. Right.
0: Yeah. Good journalist. But a lot of them are just like
1: spewing out shit anymore so who knows right so he kind of understands that people won't like a major company like Pornhub or MindGeek I mean that's MindGeek's not really known Mm -hmm. but people won't like that they're behaving badly so he does contact um, executives with the company but doesn't really get a lot of traction there and he does get some firsthand accounts of people who you know, have had the worst experiences with this company. So one is an eighth grade girl. Her name is Selena. I mean, I think that this is not a uncommon story that she likes a boy. The boy's requesting some naked videos of her. She sends something, he asks for another, she sends another, he asks for another, she sends something else. I don't know how many poses you can strike, but whatever. But eventually she says that she starts to get the feeling that something's wrong because kids at school are looking at her different. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the worst has happened and her stuff has been posted. So what do you do with that? She's clearly underage. But it's up there now.
0: Right. And let's just put this out there. Kids, anyone under 18, do not ask. For anyone under 18 to send a video, even if you're the same fucking age, do not send any videos if you're under 18, even if you're the same age, because it's child pornography, even if it's just between children. So it
1: is illegal, regardless of how old. And what happens if you get that kind of charge, Erin? Oh, I
0: would like to think you would go straight to prison, but I have no idea.
1: Well, you could be, I mean, even as a kid, you can be labeled as a sex offender, and then oh, your true, whole life yeah. is fucked after that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's just not a lot of... uh
0: <laughs> yeah. Forever
1: you have to register as a sex offender for like the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's, you know, some of these almost misunderstanding situations, right? You know, also a conversation I've had with my children. Mm-hmm. Me too. But yeah, so ads were run on this. Profits were made. Um, she really has a terrible time trying to get these things removed. Like she'll contact, she'll be like, hey, she'll call them as her mom trying mm-hmm. to get them removed And they'll be taken down, but then immediately reposted, which I find that's really interesting. Who's driving that reposting?
0: Right. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if it's a bit like social media to the extent that they take pride from how many views and clicks it gets. And that's a personal pride thing. Like no one's supposed to know that you uploaded it. First of all, because it's illegal for you to upload this because the person's underage. So you shouldn't have done it under your own name. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just an internal thing that you want to know that people are watching a video that you took, which is a bit, I mean, if it's just for clicks it's horrible, but also the fact that you took this video illegally and now you're uploading it illegally and you're taking pride in it, you're a fucking sociopath. So, or a psychopath, I'm not sure the difference between the two, but it's not good either way.
1: Yeah. Either psychopathy is not great. Right. So, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered the same thing because I'm like, okay, if they're immediately posted, like, who is that big of a fan that's looking every day? It has
0: to be the original poster, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, to see if I it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Then we talked to a guy named Mike Stable. So he's a porn industry advocate and he read the article initially and thought it would kind of be all smoke and no fire, right? But it really caused a really big splash. It was very. I I don't know, like, well-received is the right word, but it was uh, a big topic. There were a lot of people commenting on it. A lot of people, you know, had stuff to say. Because I think firsthand accounts, in this case, that are traceable and legitimate, Mm -hmm. probably do affect people quite a bit, right?
0: Right. And it's so it's an op-ed piece. It's called The Children of Pornhub. So, of course, that's going to immediately catch your eye. Mm -hmm. So Twitter exploded. And I think a lot of people probably read the blurb and didn't read the article and jumped on board.
1: But they're sheeple, you know. Listen,
0: I've never done that ever. I always read the whole fucking <laughs> article. <laughs> right. So of course there's public outrage and it's born out of as trash. It must be taken down. And mm-hmm. you have people like Mia Farrow who I love Mia Farrow and I understand that there have been some issues in her life with her kids and the Allen, so that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing. But of course she's like it to the ground kind of mentality. And again, that rage needs to be tailored in the right direction because Mm -hmm. taking Pornhub down doesn't solve the problem. But Nick had actually three really good ways to help mitigate some of this. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So he had his first suggestion was only allow verified users to upload videos period because their verification process is you have to take a picture of your license you have to upload that and then they verify that you are an actual human being mm-hmm. not to say people couldn't get around that to a certain extent but at least it's a step to to help prevent those people who are just dumping right prohibit downloads so if something is up there illegally it can't be downloaded then redistributed right also, yeah, people stealing, good. stealing mm-hmm. the stuff and then whatever. I, I would think prohibiting downloads would benefit Pornhub as well because people would have to come back to see the video. They don't just have it on their phone or whatever. I don't
1: know. Oh, my God. The stuff on people's phones. Oh, I can't imagine.
0: Don't ever yeah. swipe. When someone shows you a picture, just stay on that picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't clean
1: your eyes enough. There's no. going to be some stuff on there. Yeah. And the third one
0: was to increase moderation, which sounds good, but costs money. It costs time. And a lot of companies are like, oh yeah, totally. And then they don't really fucking do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Siri Dahl, the performer we talked to a little bit before was interviewed for this article. And she actually said that these are insanely reasonable recommendations and things that the performers have been asking for, for years. So.
1: Yeah. So they're on the, there's good alignment here. There's really no reason. Um, There's no pushback from the people who are making legal content, right? They're in fan of this, right? I think there is some discussion about, again, the moderation steps should be internet-wide. This is not necessarily just a Pornhub issue. Moderators for all the big websites, right? Like Facebook and everywhere else. So I think what's really interesting is your financial institutions start to get involved, right? Visa and MasterCard decide that they're going to pull the ability to process from Pornhub in response. So you can't buy your shit here anymore. And that's a
0: problem for Pornhub?
1: No, it's really not.
0: No, it's a problem for the performers. Because Pornhub makes money on like their banner ads and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's the performers that need to process credit card payments. So they're the ones who will lose business and money because they can't take payment anymore. So you're, again, punishing the wrong people.
1: Right, so think about your monthly subscriptions. That's really what we're talking about here, and this is how people are making a living because um, you're not out buying, you're not out buying DVDs and shit anymore. In the back <laughs> right. rooms, right? Of these, you know, establishments and whatnot. Can I tell you? When <laughs> I was in college, I worked for Family Video, and of course, Family Video caters to the entire
0: family, so they have a back room. With porn, right? They sure do. One time this guy came up and it was like rent one, get one free or something. So he was running two videos and getting two free and he had like maybe got back one, two, three, and four. And I'm like, do you think you have to watch them in succession to get the plot or? <laughs> it's very involved. What? It's very involved. Yes. You just don't make comments. You just let it go. But I'm like,
1: hmm, it's an interesting choice. All right. Let me say to you, I have on occasion, been in the back room just because sometimes Mm -hmm. you just feel like walking back there and freaking people out Mm -hmm. and as a woman walking back in there just the way people's heads swiveled around and they like look like they've been caught it is some of the funniest shit I've ever done in my life right and uh I really enjoyed that yeah don't you just want to open the curtain and be like aha (laughs) I knew it exactly
0: (laughs) and then walk away right exactly
1: (laughs) yeah that is it's so good and uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: it is. And the best part was there were still a lot of VHS out when I did this because I'm old right. and shit. And they would bring the videos back and like you barely even had to rewind <laughs> it, right? It just zip right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep. We're good. Thanks. Service oh, purpose. God. Real quick. The
1: lack of self-awareness. I just.
0: <laughs> uh, oh. that was a fun job. Anyway. Anyway, one of the comments that someone, one of the performers made is people uploading child pornography are not making money off of it. So you pulling credit card ads isn't really harming people
1: who upload child pornography. But again, it's a lack of understanding of how the site works and what their goals really should be here. It just sounds good. hmm
0: Yeah, it's saying the words that people want to hear, right? Right. And along that line, Pornhub removed a ton of content mm-hmm. after this. They said any unverified user who uploaded videos, all those videos got pulled. So they were not all illegal videos, which some people were like, oh, they pulled mm-hmm. all these illegal videos. It was not illegal necessarily, as in they were not verified users. So they just pulled everything. It was the easiest thing to do. But of course, it's going to cost them because they have a lot less content now.
1: Right. Well, the executives did get called on the carpet after they made this kind of move at the 11th hour. So Mm -hmm. shall we talk about that? Who called them to carpet? I believe it's Parliament, right? Because they're Canadian. Technically, this is a Canadian company. Mm -hmm. February 2021,
0: Faras Antoun, who's the CEO, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: David Tassillo, who's the COO, and Corey Ehrman, who's the vice president, were all called to a hearing with Parliament canadian parliament Mm -hmm. they asked do you monetize child porn or non-consexual sex and they're like of course not we never (laughs) never david Tassillo talks about how you know we try to put these things in place to try to prevent that from happening but people are gonna find a way around if they want to do something they're gonna do it we can only do so much our hands are tied
1: Mm -hmm. i think they would have had i mean to some degree I agree with that, right? So, I mean, like, I have seen umpteen corporate malware phishing (laughs) internet scams to watch out for. Mm -hmm. So I do agree that there are always people that are trying to get around the system to get what sweet, sweet nuggets lay on the other side, whatever that is. But I think they would have had better luck in this situation because at least the way that this documentary was clipped, they were weirdly unwilling to discuss salaries. Yeah. What the company made, like shit that was public record, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. why like this is the this is the wrong hill to die on, like just be upfront about some of it.
0: Right. And they also had let me find her name. It was Serena the it was the actual the girl that we discussed before. That was in middle school she had her video uploaded. She mm-hmm. comes and she talks to them and talks about how she tried to get it removed. And they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. But then it takes forever to get it removed because they have this like huge backlog or some shit like that. And yep. so it just stayed up there. And even when it did, it, even when it got pulled down, they're like, oh, if it gets pulled down and flagged, it will never be uploaded because we have it flagged. And they're like, it she's like, but it was immediately reuploaded. So clearly that's not true. And that's really persuasive.
1: Yeah. So they're not really able to show that they've done what I'm going to call due diligence, right? They have some talking points, blah, 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 blah. But again, they don't really come through and they didn't seem convincing. Again, depending on, you know, how this was portrayed, this part of, you know, what we didn't see the whole meeting in this documentary, but yeah. Mm -hmm. They do, the
0: documentarians here, do talk to a moderator, so one of the moderators that were hired to help go through videos that are tagged for removal mm-hmm. or whatever, they they put these people in place as moderators and they even talked during this. We did that before it was even a thing and other people did it. But OK, so this cat came and talked to the documentarians, but with like blurred face and voice modulator and completely anonymous. Right. Mm-hmm. They weren't there for less than two years. They said some of the moderation happened in Canada, but most of it happened in Cyprus. That's weird, but okay. Mm. And they said when they were there, there were about 30 moderators. That doesn't seem like a large number.
1: Yeah, for the one of the biggest sites in the
0: world. Right, one of the top 10 visited sites in the world. They said every moderator had to review 700 videos per day, but it was expected they would do more. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, I imagine torture-like situations where people's eyes are like taped open and they're watching horrific things <laughs> all day long. Right. It's just, that had to be the worst fucking job ever.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine it wasn't great. I think is it Danny that's talking about, okay, so if you're thinking about this, like you would be required, because I mean, the videos, it's not like TikTok, where you only have a limit of three minutes, right? Like Mm -hmm. they can be of various lengths and whatever. So you're probably like just kind of sampling through there to get on to the next one because, of course, there's pressure to meet your uh, quota and whatnot. Mm -hmm. There's some discussion on the sound wasn't on, which would be pretty important because you can't hear people say no or stop or whatever. I had a thought on that.
0: I guess in some cases, well, I'm thinking you would see distress on someone's
1: face. Um, but if their face isn't I, mean, shung... I agree. I thought that's a weird question or a weird point. I'm not saying it's not true because I don't know, but it did occur to me. I was like, huh, okay.
0: Well, but that's also a fetish that's
1: portrayed as well. So it could be
0: acted out. And so just because someone says no, doesn't mean they mean no. There are times where it is consensual and it is filmed in such a way to make it appear that way yes. too. So that's, I understand what she's saying, but on the other hand, if someone was truly in distress, you should see it on their face, but if their face isn't shown, then I understand. I don't know. It's just a whole weird dynamic, but okay.
1: I don't know. Yes. Agreed. So think also about the fact that if there are 30 moderators for this giant-ass site, somebody also quotes that Facebook had 15,000 moderators, Mm -hmm. and that was of comparable. And like the Facebook stuff, at least my Facebook is not (laughs) geared towards sexual stuff. So I think, you know, what would that be like to try to understand, you know, what truly needed to be removed versus some of these like maybe more judgment call situations. So it seems that, you know, if you weren't sure about something as a moderator, you did kind of make a little pool or packet or flag it or whatever. And then it went to like next level moderators (laughs) and
0: who knew what happened there. Right. And they made a good comment. They said, it's hard to tell if someone's 17 or 18. Absolutely. They could be 14, they could be 19, and you might not know the difference. So then that's when they flag it. Like, I don't know this person looks young, but I'm not sure it goes to the manager and the manager makes the judgment call.
1: I mean, I just figured they had a curly hairdo. Yeah. And well, then they look 16. It doesn't matter. Right. And then, you know, yeah, it's just a dead giveaway. (laughs) It's curly hair. (laughs) We do talk to
0: Iota Soros, I'm probably Mm -hmm. slaughtering that name and I apologize. It's the senior VP and general counsel for NICMEC, which is the National Center for Missing and Endangered Children. Now, this is a legitimate organization and we've talked about them before. I want to say the girl in the picture, I think we discussed NICMEC there. She talks about how a lot of companies and nonprofits they partner with them. So she had a mm-hmm. list of all these people that are all these companies that they partner with and they voluntarily submit things that they flag. And I just wanted to say that I saw on TikTok yesterday, there was a, a lawyer talking about a case where a guy got charged with child pornography because he uploaded to his Flickr account and Yahoo was like, uh, no. And immediately turned it into Nick mag. And then FBI got involved and he got arrested. And he was trying to claim that they couldn't do that because that infringed his rights of privacy. And they're
1: like, no, that doesn't work that way. So well done, Yahoo. I mean, I guess, yeah. I thought you were going to go a different way with that, but... Sorry, where do you think I was going to there? Privacy online. I thought you were going to say it was like a picture of his kid in the tub or whatever, you know, like... Oh, no, it, it was serious. Yeah. Okay. yeah,
0: and they turned it in. And I was like, well, well done, Yahoo. At least someone's doing something. Like, they have algorithms to kind of flag these things. So... That's how it worked. But yeah, so these companies will report it to NCMEC and then NCMEC will look at it and then make reports on their behalf
1: Mm -hmm. so
0: they can file the reports.
1: However, in our case, (laughs) this is not an American company and they are not obligated to report to NICMAC. Although later, let's say, I think it's in 2021, they did Mm -hmm. register. register. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, it's sort of (laughs) like damage control time like they weren't proactive in this they you know kind of were trying to you know do whatever they do to save face yeah exactly
0: yeah there is a law for like cyber companies to report any suspected child porn like you said but that's only in the u.s so i can't remember what they called it something two thirty. it's like section
1: 230 or something like that
0: um, the problem is, is that if stuff is reported to Pornhub, they have like a six month backlog. Remember 30 moderators, so they can only see so mm-hmm. much shit in a day. The fact that that person was there for two years is amazing to me. That seems like a six month stint, and then you're gone to therapy for the rest of your life. Like that doesn't seem like you could last very long.
1: I think the same thing though, about people who like debt collectors or whatever, like it just seems like the worst of humanity so I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I think it's probably one of those things that you're like, mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. Like, this is like a a job a young man brags about, right? And then you're like, oh my God, oh, oh, you know, and then you're, you just can't clean your eyeballs.
0: Mm-mm. And then you're celibate and you go into the priesthood. I, I mean, I, obviously. Ugh, obviously. Another problem is that when Pornhub removes a video per Nick Mix request, they don't, the video might not be there, but the metadata is all there, and so it will show you like a little thing says this video's been removed. But it also shows you videos that you might also like based on those same tags. So they're still making money off of it. That's not good. Right. <laughs>
1: we have these other young it's girls. Technically correct, but still, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. There's a man named Mike Bowie who's an attorney. He is representing some women who decide to sue Pornhub. And they actually bring them up on racketeering charges. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. Would you see the document?
0: They they literally tried to get them for everything but global warming. You know, it was like literally right. everything.
1: So they're kind of trying to compare it to, like, La Cosa Nostra, right? Like the mob. They call out Sopranos, which I'm like, oh, we're referencing something that's popular in you know fiction right (laughs) it's you know it's in the general lexicon but um it is also like not a real story so i mean could be very well based i don't know but they're talking about you know the executives are the bosses and then they have their capos and then they have the soldiers and all (laughs) this kind of stuff and they're really setting up a structure to paint a picture for you about how this is going on. And I'm like, also they're, they're a really boring corporate company. <laughs> it just seems like so office funny space with cubes, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're giving them so much more credit than
0: they deserve. Like you're making them cooler than they are,
1: but they're trying to to find a way to get people on this, right? Like they haven't had any success so far, so they're going to try to do it this way. And so Some of the people that we've talked Mm -hmm. to um, have been named, were named in this lawsuit. Gwynadora was named. Mm -hmm. Asa was named, I think. Yeah. And the idea is because they came out and spoke against what was happening to Pornhub, like they came out and sort of defended Pornhub, they were named as, oh, well, obviously they were hired to use their platforms to kind of try to discredit all of this because. If they did so, they would benefit by having their material moved up right to the forefront of whatever Mm -hmm. searches people got. So, but again, I think, you know, if you're, if you have a stake in this initially, you are more likely to come to the defense of your employer. I mean, not necessarily employer, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know a better way to say that you might have some other thoughts. Yeah.
0: Well, they, you know, they make a good point. This is this is an attack on the entire porn industry at this point. And we can all agree that trafficking in child porn is not good. But to say that Pornhub is maliciously putting this stuff up there and essentially they want them to believe that they are trafficking people and making videos just to make more money when that's not necessary, they make enough money with people just uploading shit. So <laughs> yeah. When you start attacking the entire industry, then of course these people who work in the industry are going to be like, you're attacking me, you attack what I do, you're attacking what you watch every day to get off, but in public you want to make it look like you don't. So it's it's just
1: kind of bullshit. Right. It just feels yeah. like a real reach if you kind of apply some logic to it. We do also talk a little bit more with Mike who's the advocate and he's talking about what do you call that NCOSE what how did you pronounce that Nicosi? there you go so it has some different roots from what it's trying to portray now it was initially faith based like kind of anti all porn then they did a little bit of a rebrand at some point and maybe borrowed some legitimacy from some other bigger well-known groups like Nick Mick perhaps and that again mm-hmm. is where our friend Danny is representing legal she's Employed. legal counsel. Yeah. So it kind of maybe shows you that there's a bit of an interest issue with them and what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: Right. And my favorite was some of the things they describe as hardcore pornography mm-hmm. were sports illustrated or cosmopolitan magazine. And I thought Uh, Um, I'm not sure if you're really, really repressed or just delusional.
1: Yeah. Um, it's got some real big censorship overtones and, and things like that, which are always problematic because pornography tends to be at the very forefront of attacks Mm. on censorship. So that is unfortunately where we live Right. right now.
0: Yeah. Well, and they believe that all sexual content is
1: exploitation.
0: And all I could think of was these poor women have never had an orgasm
1: ever. I know. I think the same thing too. I'm like, oh my God. Okay.
0: (laughs) But I mean, the way they're talking about it is if, oh, if you're doing sex work, then clearly you're damaged. You're being exploited. Even if you don't know it, you couldn't possibly understand that you're being exploited, but you are, you couldn't be doing this by. And of
1: course we know better. That's really what this whole thing is about. Like we know better than you who are doing it right. and living your own lives. We can't have people living their own fucking lives, Aaron or Brandy. Thank you.
0: The best part was what was his name? Our advocate, our porn advocate, Mike, guy, Mike. He um, also said, well, if they were really concerned about shutting down the porn industry, they might have some resources to help these people get out. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't want them doing this for work anymore, what are they expected to do? Are you giving them no training or housing or any kind of employment? To which Dandy replied, well, that's not our job. That's Pornhub made this problem, made these performers dependent upon them. Therefore, it's Pornhub's problem. I'm like, oh.
1: So convenient. It's so, so convenient mm-hmm. to just uh, look at the surface level of this. hmm hmm Yeah. Her husband left her oh, ugh, for watching porn. I'm just saying. <laughs> or maybe he's addicted and she's got a vendetta. Yeah. I digress. I think it's interesting because Siri kind of talks a little bit about that she feels safe doing what she's doing. You know, she feels that she's got full autonomy over whatever decisions she's making. She doesn't have to do anything that she doesn't want to do. She's also a survivor of, I don't know exactly what, if it was trafficking or if it was sexual assault or whatever. But I think that this is, for her, a place of empowerment rather than a place of exploitation. And even though she Mm -hmm. says that, an organization won't, you know, like the one Danny's part of, they don't accept that. Because, of course, she couldn't make those decisions for herself. And I was like, she's a fucking grown-ass woman.
0: Right. A grown-ass woman who makes most of her money from OnlyFans now, because I think Pornhub kind of really got away from... Yes. I mean, they can't make money there without the credit cards, right? So she makes her money from OnlyFans. One of the things she offers is dick ratings and videos of her doing ratings of men's dicks and penises they send her. I love that she does cold readings, as it were. She doesn't look at it ahead of time. Yeah. It's always on the fly. Mm -hmm. but if you're a good salesperson and you want to make money, it's always going to be fairly positive.
1: I a hundred percent agree with the statement.
0: Yeah. And all I, all I thought was of course men would pay someone to appreciate their penis as much as they do, because most women don't and men need to understand if you want someone to appreciate your penis as much as you do, you need to go to grinder because those gay men will (laughs) love the
1: fuck out of your penis. Also, I think it depends on, the rest of you and how you show up if you want a woman to appreciate your penis maybe don't be a horrible person to her the rest of the time i'm just saying like you know right right but watching her do some of these ratings i agree with you like she does say some, some things like well i can't really tell scale here but um she's like you've got nice balls and i was just like
0: I love it. She's like, I can't tell scale meaning it's fucking small, I know, and I, I wouldn't know. do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's when when someone says cozy in a real estate ad, it means fucking small. <laughs> and this is the
1: same, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. So this was funny. And then my question was, how much is she charging for these? I can rate a dick. I know. I could totally <laughs> rate a dick.
0: Uh I can even tell you how amazing it is. But everyone's essentially going to get the same response i'm not going to tailor it you just wouldn't know everyone got the same response well until now well according to
1: this everybody was between a seven and an eight so yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: who would get a 10 Don holmes
1: i mean i think we need to know. see what his grooming situation is i mean he could
0: just i mean non-existent now that he said but i'm <laughs> assuming since he was a porn star
1: in the 70s it probably
0: also non-existent <laughs> right right but
1: she at least had her appreciation for the
0: Well groomed. The Toby Mm
1: -hmm. areas or. Mm hmm. There were some new laws that were passed, right? SESTA, FOSTA. Mm hmm. What do those stand for? Oh, God. I didn't write that down. I
0: did because we have a lot of acronyms in here. So SESTA is Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act and FOSTA is Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. Both sound
1: really good. Mm hmm. Are they really good? So basically, what we've done here is limited our sex workers from being able to earn a living safely. Yes. It's very limiting on advertising online, anything like that. So it's, it's really forcing people back into old habits, which is not using the internet. So, right. So what it's doing is it's trying to hold companies accountable
0: because previously, if you had a platform and someone else uploaded some image or whatever, you weren't held accountable because you can't control what other people mm-hmm. upload. And this is saying uh, bullshit. We know by now that you have some way to moderate this shit, whether it be through algorithms or for human eyeballs, figure it out, fucking right. fix it. And they could be held accountable. That's fine. Other than the fact that they just went kind of way too far and said, well, no sexual content at all to a certain extent and pulled it all from the platforms like Instagram. Right. Because of the, like the
1: language was intentionally vague. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always yes sweet so yeah companies are scared and so um this is the time that you see <laughs> the personal ads being pulled off of craigslist which is such a goddamn shame mm-hmm. because that was some funny shit to read so funny
0: i loved reading those <laughs> I
1: too i did too so it even gets so bad that only fans considers maybe shutting down all the porn from their site. And I was like, that's a bold move, OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans well, of what after that?
0: Right, Disney movies? I don't know. That's oh. all that they were known for was porn so or sex work. But the problem was because MasterCard was like, no, we're going to pull our partnership. And they're like, we couldn't possibly lose a partnership. And mm-hmm. I don't remember which one made the comment. It was probably Siri at all that said they... Almost decided that getting rid of their entire catalog, essentially, was better choice than removing credit card processing. Like that to them was acceptable until they realized, oh, wait,
1: we won't make any money without these people. Right. I mean, like, I assume that the risk management people and the financial people might have had one discussion where they were like, maybe what what uh, what else can we do here? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But all the porn performers, right, were very worried because they were like, how am I going to do my life without being able to support myself? So,
0: right. And I like that they talk about they were kind of prepared to the extent that after it happened on Pornhub, they were like, oh, no, you're not fucking doing this (laughs) shit again. And so they really spoke up and pushed back. I think they were shocked the first time it happened. The second time they're like, we're fighting. And so it only took about a week for OnlyFans to be like, oh, this was a dumbass idea.
1: Right. All right. right. Everyone come back. We're just kidding. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's a personal affront to me that porn exists. So I'm always fascinated with this whole like, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, it's the crumbling of society. Well, I am part of the crumbling of society, according to some, because I'm single and I'm educated and I'm independent and, you know, outspoken. So Mm -mm. you're the entire downfall of our society.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think it's, it's just so interesting and it falls along with the way the evangelical movement Mm -hmm. has moved so extreme. And my favorite part is you see them making these comments. Like right now we have like the whole drag shows are illegal Mm -hmm. because they're making kids, I don't know, see people with decent makeup and hair, but they don't think about the fact that you just took your five-year-old to Hooters' for his birthday, and that was acceptable, or the cheerleaders at football games who are scantily clad and dancing and doing an amazing job, but it is sexual to a certain extent. And also, I think we've all seen To Catch a Predator, not one of them were drag queens. <laughs> there were rabbis. They were priests. They were teachers, doctors, lawyers, fathers, brothers, not a single drag queen. So fuck off and stop trying to push your shit on us,
1: we're not the ones doing the damage, right?
0: Yeah, it's projection
1: of the highest order, right? Like, we couldn't possibly take a look at our own selves in the mirror and think about, like, how is this purity culture, how has this affected things? What we really have a problem with Mm. is these people who seem to be, like, open and living an authentic life and showing who they are on the surface instead of, like, repressing it.
0: Do you think maybe if we were open about sexuality and we could be healthy about it and understanding that maybe our society might just be a little more normal, a
1: little less, I would love that day. crazy. I, like it is. Right I would now. absolutely love that day. You know, I think that we're learning things all the time and we have to be open to receiving knowledge and we surely are not at this point. So we do see a little bit of
0: a porn shoot with our director, Bree and, Siri doll and Wolf, which I can't remember his last name, and another male porn performer, which they didn't, I don't think they gave us his name.
1: I didn't see his name either.
0: But the best part was that so, at the beginning, the way they started this movie was a conversation about likes and dislikes. And it wasn't like a cerebral conversation, it was sensual to the extent that this is what I like, this is what I don't like. So they could bring consent into it. And still keep it sexual. And I fucking love that. Right. It
1: was almost like foreplay. Like I like spanking and I don't like choking and I, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it wasn't like Mm -hmm. graphic, but I think it was definitely setting the tone for things. So it was really cool to see that.
0: It was very Mm -hmm. well done. It was very well done by the actors and the director. So kudos to
1: all. A hundred percent.
0: We also see some Pornhub Awards being given out and our lovely bbw gwenna adora one bbw of the year yep. because she's amazing oh, so good and all i can think of when i see her is one beautiful but two oh my god your chest must weigh so much <laughs> it just looks heavy yeah i hope she has good
1: support that's all 100 percent. yeah that's all i got until the end okay that's i mean i think we're at the end according to what i have mm-hmm did they had some stuff that flashed across the screen at the end, but I did not write that down. Do you have that? I do. You're the best.
0: Yep. So we get we get to the end, and we find out that in February 2022, a judge ruled that the claims of Michael Bowie's 34 clients cannot be tried collectively. So Serena Fletty is now the only plaintiff mm-hmm. in the case. She was the teenager that was heard of Parliament in Canada and mm-hmm. all of that. Danny Pinter continues to pursue MindGeek. In court, she also filed a lawsuit against Twitter for allegedly distributing child sexual abuse material. I'm sure Elon is excited for right. that.
1: Shaking his boots.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. In June 2022, Faras and Toon and David Tassilo resign as executives of MindGeek. They do remain owners of the company with Bern Bergamere, though. Mm-hmm. So they can make money without doing work. That seems like the best of both worlds. Why would you want to run it? Right on. If you could just sit back and make money. Mm-hmm. In September 2022, Pornhub's Instagram account was permanently banned for reportedly violating Facebook's terms of service. Mm-hmm. And porn performers still can't sell their content on Pornhub. Right. So, lame. I think that's probably detrimental to both the performers as well as Pornhub. It was.
1: It seemed like it was a good collaboration, and now they're both losing out. So, so do you think really what should have been done was they should have taken a little bit more initiative in the front end to just say to upload things we really need to understand where this is coming from and it should have been everybody had to there had to be a record
0: right well that seems like the smartest thing to do you have Mm -hmm. to understand if you're allowing anybody to upload shit that you're going to get stuff that's not okay obviously because people are fucking horrible deep down And so a way to mitigate that early on would have been to have only verified users upload, right? Anyone Mm -hmm. can view whatever they want, but the minute you upload, you have to be traceable. So if it is not legal content, you are accountable for it, right? I mean, it seems like a simple solution.
1: Yeah. So this is a situation where they felt safe enough to not do that. Right. Because of Section 230, like they weren't responsible for the, Mm -hmm. you know, they provided the platform but whatever people put out there. They were not necessarily responsible for. So. Right. But
0: that only was for the United States, too. And they're in Canada. That's true. So they have different protections Mm -hmm. there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's just it's hubris. Right. It's we're above this. Doesn't affect us. We're just going to make money, and we can say the words people want to hear, like Mm -hmm. "Yes, we're working to take that down. We're actively moderating with actual human eyeballs and things of that nature." When in reality, they're doing the bare minimum.
1: I know we've talked several times on our podcast about corporations being irresponsible um, and kind of putting profit Mm -hmm. before people, and I think this is another example of that. Because I can't imagine what it would be like to have gone on a date, get roofied right? Get drugged, get raped on camera, Mm -hmm. and then have that shit plastered everywhere for forever. Mm Because, you know, as soon as it's on the internet, it's just... (laughs)
0: It's there forever. Why it was ever an option to download off that site blows my mind, because that doesn't benefit anyone, including Pornhub. But it's... Yeah, I don't
1: know. That's really, really difficult. I think there should be a special place uh, for people who upload stuff like that right any kind of revenge porn it's just mm. really bad it's just a bad thing to do so don't do that don't be a dick okay all right on that note <laughs> we do a bit of an about face for next week what are we <laughs> what are we talking about next week look we can't be pinned down here uh we want to be able to jump here there and everywhere so we're going to do a documentary called the history of easter All right, so this is um, a 2021 release, 54 minutes. Um, I believe you can find it on Prime Video, but I know I've said this before, and then we found out later that it wasn't necessarily just a one-option deal, but I think you can rent it for a couple bucks. Sunday, April 9th, is Easter, so this should be out right at a timely moment, and you too can Mm -hmm. understand why the fuck bunnies hide eggs. (laughs)
0: Why they even have (laughs) eggs because they're mammals, so they don't lay eggs. That's true. So, enjoy the paradigm shifting without a clutch (laughs) with us. Yeah. (laughs) Just go with it. Just go with it.
1: Uh, Yeah. I hope that people go and watch this documentary and, you know, have a little bit more understanding of the porn is not necessarily a terrible thing. It's just got to be consumed in a responsible manner, like anything else in life. So,. Mm-hmm. and then i hope next week we get into some good pagan shit because i think that'll be really fun so
0: yeah let's hope so this let's, let's hope there's a it's not all church related if so we might have to change our <laughs> minds guys and go some other direction
1: i don't that's know that's right that's right we can do whatever we want it's our podcast sure is <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask you guys to rate review and subscribe you can find us on instagram and twitter at go doc yourself we're always looking for words and stars for those reviews so we can get out. And more people can hear us talking about uh, Pornhub and stuff.
0: <laughs> and stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. On that note, guys, go watch healthy porn with your partner and enjoy it. Right. And uh, we'll talk to you next week about Easter. Sounds good. Later. Bye.